0: Welcome back to FCNN News. I'm Harry Sprinkle and these are today's top news. Stores are running out of tampons due to the rise of in this country. In other news, are you feeling sickly putting gas in your car? Do you feel nauseous when you have to pay for gas? It could be that you got car owner virus. Joey Weiser is on the scene. Joey. That's right, Harry. With gas prices right now, more families are turning to battery-operated toys, just like you see here. This is called a power wheel, and they're starting to get sold out everywhere. One customer said that she was able to do all her errands in a single day with a red Mustang power wheel. So if you can't afford a Tesla, the next best electric, most affordable car would be a power wheel to get you around. I'm Joey Weisler, and this is FCN News. Place, we ain't caring about your feelings, yeah. Anytime, any place, you can feel it here. Steven, then you out of space, so we clear the air Any topic in it's safe, so just be prepared. Don't assume, keep it straight, we might keep it fair. the news, the page, we gon' keep it real. If you tune in, then you sick for real. Fuck a Bluetooth, we took the red pill. Every image on the video, talk about it. Different views on the subject, we must talk about it. At the end of the day, we just talking, homie. Only me in the room, but it's like a party. Introducing Steven Daniel, author, artist, all around, great f-ing guy. If we start hanging pedophiles in the street right now, they will make great Halloween decorations in October. Just saying. Hello, out of placers. Damn, I missed you all. It feels really amazing sitting in front of this mic talking to you, sexy people. It has been too damn long. I really hope that you enjoyed the last episode with Britt filling in for me. Her whole monologue had me laughing. And the rest of the crew did amazing too. Absolutely wonderful. Thank you, Britt, for doing a great job. Thank you, Mitch and Jacob, for your narrations. Thank you, Buffalo Bailey, for the history of country music. Thank you, King Ducky, for sharing that story about your toxic ex-wife. Thank you, Sammy, for going into the sounds of Team Fortress 2. Thank you, Alex, for giving us the news. And thank you, Rachel and Ariana, for joining me on that intro skit. You are all amazing, and I am absolutely honored. To have you all part of the out-of-place family. And listeners, I'm sorry for all the reverb. I haven't been able to do a sound treatment to the office. I'll do the best that I can do to take most of it off and post, so bear with me. For the touchy topic, I'm going to be talking about enjoying your own company. Britt gets roofied and sent to Nashville, Tennessee. King Ducky tells a story about a prude crazy lady who followed him home. Luna talks about following your dreams. Alex talks world and local news that includes Finland and how they are no longer allowing Russian citizens to have visas within the country. Sammy talks Rompa And Buffalo Bailey talks mountain men. Then at the end of the episode, and this is one for all you loyal, lovely listeners, I'm going to talk about going cross-country and detailing my adventure. Before I go any further, here's a call to action. Last year in the episode Be Like 007, the creator of Okurimono shared a script with me to create an audio drama. Some of you might remember the action-packed VO nonsense segment that episode. For those of you new to the podcast or don't remember, here's a clip.
1: So I thought you might appreciate another
0: blonde. Who
2: the f***? are you?
1: My name is Rin Zong-gen. My Okurimono is behind the mask. I work with the Okurimono Agency. We don't only monitor the docks for shipments, which, by the way, is unfortunate for you, because you all are going to jail for a long time. But first, you will be giving us some information. Ha!
0: Look at you. Look where you're at. It's one versus twenty. DO YOU REALLY THINK YOU'RE GONNA MAKE IT OUT OF HERE ALIVE? Sir,
1: if I didn't, do you really think I would have attacked like this? SHOOT HER
3: NOW!
0: If you like what you heard, listen to the full segment in the Be Like 007 episode. Season 2, Episode 9, and it's 51 minutes and 30 seconds in. Anyways, the creator of Okuri Rono recently released a webtoon with a couple of characters that was part of that audio drama. It was really cool to see them come to life like that, so please check it out. It will help support the creators. The link to the webtoon will be in the description. And I wanted to say this one more thing before we go on to the touchy topic. America f***ed up. That's what happened to all of us. That's the reason why we're so divided. I mentioned this before, but after 9-11, everybody, and I mean everybody, got behind America. It was, we are one. Just like a family. It was so cool to see. It had that feeling like, the hell with everyone outside of America. This is my theory as to what happened. This is why America fucked up. During the Trump era, and let's take COVID as an example, instead of making China the enemy, Because if we did, we could have gotten through this pandemic together way better than we did. America made Trump the enemy. I don't care how you feel about him. I don't care if you're his fanboy. I don't care if you hate him. I don't like him. But listen, he wasn't the enemy. Many Americans are happy that he's out of office. They're still celebrating that and are proud of it. They got him out, but they also divided America. Now people think that they could just make anyone the enemy. I don't like his or her thinking. You're my enemy. Let's get them. I love supporting American made stuff. But this is one thing made by America that I am absolutely disappointed with. I am actually embarrassed to be an American because of all these representing us. Seeing what has been going on lately, so many people would have complied during 1930s Germany. And it makes me sick. Do you remember the part in Lion King when everything was going great and the pride lands were booming under Mufasa and then Scar stole the throne and within months turned the pride lands into a wasteland and everyone was poor and miserable. Yeah, I remembered that too. I saw this post on Instagram the other day and it said Scooby-Doo taught us that the real monsters were always human. Anyways, let's move on to the touchy topic.
4: Time to get touchy. Get ready to be tricked. He likes what is problem
0: today? Mr. Bean taught me one thing in life. Enjoy your own company instead of expecting someone else to make you happy. It's okay to travel alone and tell no one. It's okay to live happy and not involve anyone because the honest truth, people ruin beautiful things. We all go through life thinking we have to be the perfect spouse. We have to be the perfect partner, the perfect parent, the perfect friend, the perfect sibling, the perfect employee. We need to be absolutely perfect at all those things in order to feel great, to feel happy, to feel accomplished. Listen, your spouse or partner is someone you are for them. A parent is someone you are for your child. Your friend is someone you are for your friend. A sibling is who you are for your brother or sister. An employee is who you are for someone else. But ask yourself this who are you? For yourself. Who are you when you're not clocking in to fill all those roles? If you're having a hard time thinking of who you are or thinking that there is no person after all that, it is time to change that thinking. It is time to start enjoying your own company and figure out who you are. It was not easy for me to figure out. One of the things that made it hard, and maybe you went through the same thing, but when you were a kid, did your parents ever do that thing when you were sick or they would say something like If you're too sick to go to school, then you're too sick to watch TV or play video games or play with your toys. That is one of the things that made it hard for me to take rest days or sick days without feeling guilty. I felt unproductive. I'll be sick as shit and I will force myself to keep working. No binge watching a show, no gaming when my body just needed to rest. Still to this day, I still see my mom in pain and she is constantly on the go, never taking a break when she needed one. If you went through the same thing, then you know that we have built a negative association with relaxing. We put off taking breaks because we have it in our head that if we feel crappy, we don't deserve to do anything that we enjoy. Another thing, and this is something we all do, we get stuck in routine, never changing anything. You wake up in the morning and you get out of bed on the same exact side as you did the morning before. You hit the alarm. The same way that you did before. You grumbly stumble to the bathroom the same way. You shower in the same routine way. You groom yourself to look like everybody else expects you to look like. You drink coffee out of your favorite cup the same way you do every day. Then you drive to work the same way you always do. The only thing that changes is the type of accident. But if there is one... The traffic is the same. We all do the exact same thing we know how to do every day. We've memorized it. We are a f- expert at it. After our work day, we rush home to eat dinner the exact same way and then we chill just for a little bit, then go to sleep so we could do it all over again and again and again. Our brains never changed at all. We're running out of time. The routine is important, but every now and then, you have to act like it doesn't matter. It is time to start doing things that make you happy. Since we're running out of time, we have to live that day like there is no tomorrow. Because you're not promised a tomorrow. What brought this on? What made me want to talk about this? Before 2022, I always felt guilty doing things on my own. I would rarely do it. I would go to the movies alone every now and then because I really wanted to see some movies that my wife doesn't really care about, like the Marvel movies. I would eat at restaurants on my own, but it was always attached to the movie outing. Other than that, the only time I would be on my own was to do errands. Last September, my father in law had a conversation with my wife saying that I deserve a break. Somehow she was convinced, and they booked my flights and everything and to head for Orlando for a week in January. Just me and my father in law. Everything was set up in a way that it, when they did tell me about it, I couldn't fight back. So the guilt started building up. How dare I have a good time without my wife, kids, parents, and siblings? Then January came, and it was time for the trip. Even though I was with my father in law, There were a ton of moments that I chilled on my own. I came back home feeling guilty, but only because I enjoyed it too much. In November of 2021, my wife bought me a three-day park hopper ticket for Disney California and Disneyland. One of the days was used to go with my brother, which was why the reason she bought it. Then I had to use the other two days before the move. It was way too expensive to have all of us go twice, so I went by myself. I enjoyed going on my own. Don't get me wrong, going with a friend or family member is so much fun, but I tell you, it was great going at my own pace. Then driving cross-country, I found myself taking moments to enjoy the hotels that we were staying at alone, just chilling. And that's when I decided to talk to you lovely listeners about enjoying your own company. I learned to enjoy my own company. Loving myself was going to be extremely hard. It was challenging, but slowly I overcame loneliness. I have learned to find time for myself as well as with my family and friends. I no longer feel guilty telling people no. I enjoy being able to feel at peace. There were moments when I was alone that I got bored, but now I realize that the only reason I was bored is because I was avoiding doing the thing I really wanted to do, things that I would absolutely enjoy. I would sit there at a movie theater feeling awkward. There was nobody to talk to. I was just sitting there hanging out in my own thoughts until the movie started. It takes practice. Think of how many times you saw a random person in the coffee shop all by themselves and not doing any work of any kind, just sitting there reading a book. You probably started assuming that this person is a lonely person that has no friends and family. Maybe it wasn't a coffee shop. Maybe it was on vacation doing the same thing, whatever it is. They were just chilling by themselves. You can become one of those kind of people. Like I sort of implied in the I'm lonely episode, being alone is not when you're absolutely devoid of relationships and a friend. Being alone, you get to know yourself. You get to learn how to love yourself, learn to not be afraid of spending time with yourself. One of the things that I learned is that I am the person I'm going to be with for the rest of my life. So I figured it's probably important to learn to enjoy my own company for my well-being. When you enjoy your own company, you are free. You want to be successful in life? Master the art of enjoying your own company. When I'm alone, I was able to focus on what was important. I was able to create a vision for myself and for the podcast. When I'm in that zone, I was able to come up with life-changing ideas. I was able to process my thoughts by listening and understanding those thoughts. My favorite thing about enjoying my own company was getting rid of all those distractions. You got 24-7 news, notifications, social media, and so many other things that keep pulling you in all sorts of directions. Sometimes we get so caught up in the things that we don't realize that you're only moving in the direction that everyone else is pushing you towards not doing what you want to do, not going where you want to go. I stopped relying on friends and family for entertainment, and I learned how to enjoy being alone. I could sit somewhere and people watch and feel good and refreshed. No more chaos. No more noise. If everyone I know decided to ignore me and leave, I will always have me. So what are the steps? How do you enjoy your own company? I got an oversimplified 10-step guide that will help you. So let's quickly go over them. One, be happy with yourself. When you're not happy with yourself, you're not going to enjoy your own company. The hell with looking and acting like someone else them. Love who you are. You are unique and you are absolutely fantastic. That also means love your body because feeling good about your body can make a huge difference on how you go on. If there's one thing that you hate about your body, then find five things that you love about it. Because no matter what anyone says, you are beautiful. Two, Create a life that brings joy. I covered this topic in our Finding Joy episode that explains how hobbies and other interests outside of school and work will always give you something to look forward to. It will help you become a well-rounded person. 3. Clear your mind. Think of what you went through with the whole pandemic. We felt anxious and uncertain about the future because there was a constant negative news about it. Maybe it's work or school or just having a busy schedule that makes it feel like a million things going on in your mind. When your mind is full of this craziness, you become stressed out and it could ruin your day. There are plenty of things that you could do to clear your mind. The first thing you have to do is take a deep breath, then focus on the present. Stop worrying about what happened and stop worrying about what could happen. Four, remove negative self-talk. It's easy to talk about yourself. It's easy to talk down about yourself. I did it all the time. You've heard me call myself a fat ass, but I want you to listen to this clip of Abrea Joseph talking about removing negative self-talk.
5: The subconscious mind and the conscious mind doesn't know the difference between negative or positive energy. It just knows it as energy. So the subconscious mind, if we're saying things to someone, you'll never be able to do that. That person's subconscious mind, mine, will say, wait, I can't oh gosh, okay, put that away. But the conscious mind, educated, smart, very cerebral, will say, wait, no, I'm smarter than that. Wait, I I can stop that as long as I'm aware. How do we become more aware? We have to question the thoughts and the stories or the voices that we have within our mind. If you do not, it's fine. You'll be probably very successful, super happy, maybe even being of service on this planet right now. But if there is something that you're passionate about, that you love, a dream, live it. Van Gogh, an incredible artist from the Netherlands, Vincent Van Gogh said, if you have voices in your mind that say that you cannot paint, by all means paint, and that voice will be silenced. The idea is this. Only we can conceptualize and understand what's going on in our mind. So only we can really acknowledge it and start to notice if it's of benefit to us.
0: If you want to watch the full clip, the link will be in the description to check out after this episode. 5 appreciate the little things in life. It could be a beautiful sunset or sunrise, could be jamming out to your favorite song, could be chilling with your pet. The point is that there is always someone who is less fortunate than you. Those little things you take for granted is someone's dream. Even though I don't live in a mansion, I am thankful that I have a place that I get to call home. Be thankful for what you have. and Be thankful for the people that you have in your life. Because you already know that life goes by in a blink of an eye. And that person you're thinking of right now may not be there tomorrow. We're always spending so much of our time worrying. We don't see the world and all the small and beautiful thing it has. The world always seems dark when you're caught up in the news and social media. But the world is not 100% dark. It may seem like it. It may seem like you'll never catch a break. That all you could do, that all you could focus on is how the world was mean and how you don't want to be part of it anymore. As soon as I started seeing the little things, that brought nothing but positivity into my life. That is when I started smiling more. I felt alive. I started appreciating every little thing. The sad part is that most of these people who appreciate things always had a near-death experience or something like that, or about to die. I ended up constantly looking for more little things, and I would see them everywhere. I saw the world filled with millions of little things, the little things that gave me happiness, joy, peace. Look up from your phone or TV or computer screen. Look around you. Look at the loved one sitting right next to you. They're right there, but you're too busy looking down. Appreciate them. As soon as you start appreciating the little things, you will feel more alive. I promise. Six, start small. For me, it was the movie theater. Do what you're most comfortable with doing. It could be chilling in a coffee shop. And if you're just starting out, do not book a solo seven-night cruise on your own right away. You got to work up to it. But try new things. Get a notebook or a pen or use your phone to write down whatever interests you. It could be signing up for a cooking lesson or signing up for a 5K run or going fishing. These are smaller activities that can be done on a regular basis. Number seven is put your phone away. I know I just talked about this in five, but this one's important. It would be hard, but I tell you, you will feel more relaxed and enjoy those solo moments even more. In that January trip, I forced myself to keep that phone in my pocket. I only took it out to interact with my father-in-law if we needed to meet up or something, to play music while I was chilling and relaxing, and to plan Disney stuff during the trip with their Disney app. Scrolling through the social media and texting takes your mind out of the present moment. It is important to detach from that chaos every once in a while, to let your mind take a break. 8. You gotta work on yourself Working on ourselves will help us get the most out of life. It will improve our quality of life. This includes having an exercise routine, developing your skills, acknowledging that you have flaws and are not perfect, overcoming your fears, letting go of the past, avoiding toxic people, and even meditating. By doing all the things, you'll never be a victim which feels great. You will feel more confident. You won't be a mindless robot. And the part that I like is that you'll inspire others. For example, eating better and exercising regularly helps motivate my wife to do the same and vice versa. We no longer enable each other to binge eat just to feel like shit later. Number nine, solo dates. Once you got practice doing the small stuff, now you can go on solo dates. It was awkward for me at first, especially for eating at a sit-down restaurant, but I had such a good time. I'm telling you, as soon as you have time, plan a solo date as soon as possible. If you're in a relationship, it's still good. It's good to be apart for a little bit. And if you're in a dating pool, going on solo dates can show you what you enjoy. You will be better equipped to advocate for yourself in future relationships. You know, Many times on these solo dates, and maybe it's because I'm a talkative person, I still meet people all the time. If I'm in a restaurant, the waitstaff is almost weirded out by seeing a person eating by themselves, but I usually have great conversations with the waitstaff. If I'm at Disney, I'm enjoying talking with other Disney fans in the lines when the opportunity presents itself. Usually at Disney, uh, what I'm wearing always gets people's attention. I always wear a fedora with the bow tie. I got quite a few Disney bow ties. I just bought one recently for the Mickey's Not So Scary Halloween Party that we're going to be going to on August 30th. I'm looking forward to that. It's a Jack Skellington bow tie. During Christmas, I usually wear a red shirt with a Disney white bow tie and my Mickey plaid Santa hat. So I stand out. So people visiting and cast members are always starting conversations with me. The point is, many times, I'm not really alone at these outings. I'm just not there with people I know. And the last thing... Number 10 is go on a solo trip. After getting practice on going on solo dates, it is time to go on a solo trip. It should be done twice a year. But if you're like me and can't afford twice a year, at least once a year. It may be hard to get started like it was for me because it forces you to leave your comfort zone, but I tell you, you will not regret it. It is a time to spend some quality time with yourself, to have fun and learn things about yourself. Traveling alone is one of the best ways to understand your strengths, weaknesses, and passions. All you have to do is pick a destination that fits all of your preferences and don't look back. The best thing about traveling alone is that you get to travel on your own terms, you get to do what you want. When you want, you can connect with people like I do or avoid people completely. You can decide to have a lazy day or go on a big hike. This is your chance to be selfish. You could change your mind on things and not have to consult anybody. I love the freedom, it's incredibly liberating. The only difficult part I had was not having someone to share all the exciting experiences with. Once you get through it the first few times, You'll be absolutely fine. There will always be people that will tell you that solo trips are unsafe. You just have to be smart and be aware of your surroundings. That's it. Keep yourself safe and be cautious when out alone after dark. Research unsafe neighborhoods before you arrive. You get it. There are too many people that are too trusting of others and too naive to think that nothing will happen to them. Traveling with others, you will definitely have fun. You will build a better relationship with that person or people. But traveling alone, You just might find yourself. Let's wrap up this segment and summarize what I've been talking about. Being able to spend time alone has become a little hard to do. We live in a world of chaos where we are constantly being exposed to so many things, whether it's in person or on phone or online. And I wouldn't say it's a bad thing. It's amazing how much we are in touch with people from all over the world. It's one of the things that humans need to survive being around others to help us feel good, to help us feel safe, to help us feel supported. It helps us feel love. But the people closest to us can also cause stress. They can drain our energy. They can put so much pressure on us, whether they mean to or not. But if we keep on going and we keep on connecting with people nonstop, we can all actually forget how to live without other people influencing our every decision. You don't need other people to be happy. You don't need them to fill that hole you're missing. Learning to enjoy your own company is like a superpower once you've mastered it. You'll be happy alone just as you are with other people. When you start learning to enjoy your own company, your mind will be cleared of all the bullshit out there. We all know how much of our mind is filled with chaos, but it's time to clear it out. It will help you make better decisions. It will give you so much clarity in a way you never thought possible. And with that clarity comes peace. You can reconnect to things that you love. You can do things that make you happy. Like I said, you can choose what you want and when you want it. Again, you won't need other people to feel happy. You won't need other people to feel complete. You won't need other people to find joy in your life. You can finally feel rested. You can finally feel renewed. You can finally feel better about being yourself. Another thing that I've noticed after doing this for a little bit is that it's improved relationships. As soon as I spend time alone, I start valuing the time I spend with family and friends. Recently, I just started following this uh, YouTube channel called Human, lowercase h-u-capital m-a-n, and in his video, Enjoying Your Own Company, and the link will be in the description if you want to check it out after this episode, but in his video, he talked about the realization of how he learned to master the art of enjoying your own company. He explained that the first dates you had with anybody you've ever dated, just pick one and think about it. The first time that you fell in love, it was when you were completely honest and vulnerable. We love that dating scene. We are constantly wanting to chase that same high. The feeling that you got when you started opening up to that person, having a limited amount of fear. But if you really thought about it, that feeling had nothing to do with that person. You had enjoyed opening up. When you're in that honeymoon phase, when it felt good to be around that person... You are actually loving yourself with that person for a moment before you start trying to change each other. You are really enjoying who you are, both of you. That's why when you go on other dates, you're always chasing that high. That's what people mean. Oh, the magic went away because you stopped being yourself. The way you opened up when you started falling in love is what you need to feel about yourself. You need to fall in love with you again. Mastering and joining your own company is the best gift you can give yourself. Hey kids, it's the Brit Knowledge Show. Where you'll see that your mom's a holy moly. You won't learn anything except moaning on your neighbor's ring. That's what you get when you listen to What the Brick. You'll realize that we're all just pieces of shit. too so blind with pooping rats on it ask me why I'm so high. Drop the pants and show up your whole big giant ballroom. The place where we can all play together forever and ever, here is Brent
6: sitting on the Hey, y'all. During my descent from living in Nevada to living in Florida, I got lost along the way and found myself living amongst two pit bulls in the countrylands of Tennessee. And somehow I, along the way, I also got this accent that I'm just trying to shake it off. All right. So it was a really, really chill week that I actually got to spend in Tennessee. I had way too many baths because it was so humid that I always felt like I was dirty. And uh, I guess that humidity is just not going to go away because it's the same way here in Florida. And there was this endless supply of hornets that as soon as I walked outside, they just wanted to penetrate me. And I knew that Dorothy was no longer in Kansas. Actually, like the day before I left Vegas, it was raining. It hadn't rained in like almost 200 days. I can't even remember the last time it rained. And then it rains right as I'm about to leave. And it has not stopped raining since. So my last real night in Tennessee, I decided I'm going to go see what this city life is about. I'm going to go see some Nashville country music. And by doing that, I actually went to go see a pop artist that I'll tell you about a little bit later. But to my dismay, Nashville and downtown Vegas were like ugly twin sisters. One of them had a giant hairy mole and the other had a missing tooth with all the rest of the teeth threatening to fall out. One of the first dead giveaways that Nashville and Vegas were very much the same was all of the neon signage. In your face, look at my lights. You better stop in this bar, then that bar, and then that bar, and then I'll take you through the end of next week. And also in Nashville, there was all these brands that reminded you that they're pretty much the same thing as Vegas. There was cabbies, there was guitar shops, hotels, bars, and even a music group that all branded themselves with Nash Vegas. Not just Nashville, Nash, Vegas combined. In lieu of my night on the town, I would like to go over some of those findings. The music in Nashville. It was limited to this, like, modern country pop with a light mix of, like, edgiest country rap. Think of, like, Old Town Road and Give Your Booty Some Kind of Dip. And then for you old farts, there's, like, this Nellie tim McGraw mashup song called Over and Over, over and over my head, and something over and over again. <laughs> There was party buses everywhere in Nashville, pretty much the same way you'd see in Vegas, but they were like stripped-down, topless, double-decker buses with girls that are holding alcohol beverages, slashing them around, getting their groove on with one another. Very little amount of men on those buses. Nashville's party buses were nearly only women, who appeared to be waiting their debut on the newly reprised Girls Gone Wild or Chicks Be Crazy, sloshing their solo cups around, further flattening their light beers. Ugh. You ever have a flat beer? Not good. Vegas, though, screams, healthy at any size, with Lizzo as their brand wrap, as they have these Fat Tuesday-branded yardstick-length drinks that are poured with something called Rum 51 Death. And by healthy, yes, you can add a piece of bacon, a Twinkie, a Twizzle straw, you name it, because nothing says healthy like a heart attack shake. After the sun goes down, look to your left, Look to your right. Either city, you'll find a diverse supply of police officers actively using excessive force. If you whip out your camera, they will impolitely tell you to get out of their field of view so they can continue taking turns beating their victim as their baby mama cries, Oh no!
5: Inconsolably
6: consolably off to the side. The homeless population in Vegas is more prevalent because they have access to more drugs, Duh. You know, they're right near California, which the government literally just tosses out needles to people. Nashville's sludgy sidewalks are riddled with puke that would have otherwise evaporated in the blistering heat of Vegas. Either city, you can find places to waste your money at that attract people by labeling themselves as Rupala Abdul's legendary legends. Nashville includes Gary Busey's Friends in Low Places bar, Florida Georgia Line's I Love This Bar Bar and the upcoming Eric Church Mystery Restaurant. Vegas, a little bit more diverse, has offerings like the Toby Keith Bar, the knockoff Kat Von D Tap My Tits Shop, and Shaquille O'Neal's Big Nashville Hot Fried Chicken Kitchen. Both cities offer free entertainment to spectators, but either choice is moderately disappointing, but you're not allowed to complain when there wasn't an entry fee. During my time living in Vegas, I went to see Three Doors Down multiple times. I saw Christina Perry do an intimate show at a piano bar in the Cosmopolitan. You couldn't even pay people to go see a free Smash Mouth show and there was always something to do. In Nashville, I waited two hours to see Gavin DeGraw pimp his underground bowling alley, play five songs over the course of 30 minutes and do a mic drop and then walk off stage. Yes, this is the not-so-country pop artist that I went to see and my 15-year-old self would have loved it. Unfortunately, I'm about 18 years too late. Both downtown Vegas and Nashville offer marijuana minus the THC, both won't advertise this of course. Las Vegas casinos are federally regulated, so you gotta find establishments just outside of the tourist zones to get that high. In Tennessee, THC isn't even legal, but you can still get high off a Delta 8. However, my boyfriend was able to score fentanyl in both cities in the public bathrooms by waving his hands underneath his bathroom stall while his pants were pulled down to his ankles. Stupid, isn't it? Loopholes aren't exclusively tied to taxes. And in two years, will you even remember that getting high used to be illegal? Remind me to do an update on this because at that point I might be too stoned to remember. Neither Vegas or Tennessee promotes or welcomes sobriety. The devil runs rampant here, poking all ye prudes in the ass. The devil only vacations in Georgia, after all. Which brings me to my next point. Churches are aplenty in both of these cities. Traditional evangelists bring their picket signs to remind us that we're all going to hell. And they even provide free pamphlets that talk about our impending doom of eternal fire if we don't repent today. I mean, if an evangelist cries hell and everyone's too drunk to hear, would hell still be the consequence? Would God still condemn you? I dare say. Nashville had the diversity of a clans meeting, giving me comfort that my rebel flag bumper sticker would be well respected in the curbside parking. However, the I'm with her Hillary Clinton sticker might still make me a target. Unsure, I parked near the curb and precautiously applied an additional thin blue line sticker over Hillary's face. Nashville had a significant amount of signs declaring their support for the troops, while Vegas has a ubiquitous amount of minority-supporting signage. The LGBTQIX something something he she otherkin stuff. And either way I see it, virtue signaling is part of the social norm in either dystopia. Did I mention that I'm a proud Democrat and we should definitely deport Republicans and not immigrants? I actually saw this as a bumper sticker way too many times to count on the road trip. Man, whoever thought of that made a fortune. I 10 out of 10 recommend that you go to both cities. Get awestruck at how eerily similar each city is. And, notice that living your best life would usually include a skyscraper rooftop party, puking your guts out and having sex with a bride or groom on their last night as a single person. And also, you should never be afraid to fall off of a party bus while smacking a Watch for Pedestrian sign. Yes, that happened in Nashville. It's, a, it's actually a trademark. I hope that I've helped you with some of your vacation planning and I'm totally stoked to tell you about my encounters with Florida Man in the future podcast.
0: Out of places! You know what time it is! Quack. It's the King Duncan Show! Quack. quack a lot of the can if you don't give a Come on! Quack. Uh. I can't hear you quack. quacking, y'all! Yo. Uh. Come on, quack! Uh.
4: Quack! Uh. Quack! Uh. Quack! Uh
2: welcome back to the out of place podcast everybody my name is king ducky and welcome to the king ducky show i just want to go ahead and thank steven one more time for allowing to be on this podcast and allowing me to entertain you guys as much as possible for as long as possible it's been a crazy couple months hasn't it gas prices skyrocketing things that happen in uvalde women can't choose what to do with their bodies guns are getting changed whole bunch of shit that's just got you like what the it's going on and you just hate to see it recently we've had some fun stuff like president biden falling off his bike can't keep coercive sentences together and it's just like why why is the world the way it is but I will tell you the best place to be at a time like this when you're just sitting at a gas station spending $50 just to get half a tank is to chill out here in the Out of Place podcast. The last Out of Place podcast episode was absolutely hilarious. Steven, it sounded like you had a cold there for a minute. I don't know. Your voice sounded kind of high. I don't know what happened. It's okay though. I'm glad Brit was able to do that. And plus, Brit sounds like my boss. (laughs) Could be confusing, but I'm not going to say nothing over on the Twitch side. It's not much better. Um, Twitch and gaming in general. Twitch is uh, forcing everybody to lower their how much money they're making. Well, at least the big streamers, at least not like me. I'll still be making the same amount of money. Voice acting is getting crazy. Uh, COVID's coming back. I don't know if you guys realize that, but everybody I know is catching it again, and I have also caught it. I caught it last month, which wasn't fun. I literally caught it the day after I did my stuff for the Brit episode. It wasn't fun, but it was a lot easier than both of the other times that I've caught COVID. I've caught it three times, been vaccinated four times now. It's fun, 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 fun. I don't get the vax because the government told me to. I get it just because I'm trying not to catch it again because the first three times sucked. I don't want to do it again. It's not fun. So anybody who has COVID, I'm sorry. I understand what you're going through. Andrew Tate has a class where you can learn to become a douchebag and all sorts of stuff is happening. Like, what is going on? It's okay, though. So how is everybody doing? Honestly, like, are y'all sleeping right? Are y'all eating? Ladies, I just want to talk about something real quick. How are y'all feeling about this whole overturn of Roe versus Wade? I honestly think it's kind of bullshit. I feel like women should have the choice to do whatever they want to do with their bodies, whether it's from getting a tattoo to all the way up to getting abortion. They should choose what they get to do. If I can choose to go get a tattoo, they should be able to choose to get rid of their their babies if they want to, because sometimes it's not even a choice. You either do it or you die, or if you don't do it, the baby dies, some shit like that. There's a lot of things that happen, a lot of things that are problems that could happen in the pregnancy, after the pregnancy, all sorts of shit. And I am sorry on the behalf of all of the people who probably treated you guys like shit on Twitter, on whatever site that you're on, saying that all sorts of random, inappropriate, honestly disrespectful bullshit. But that's just my opinion. And uh, banning of contraceptives. I don't even know if this is a real thing. Like, I've looked it up. I can't find anything. But if they try to get rid of condoms and IUDs, I don't know if that's the right word for it, but like birth control pills, like they just want people to uh, get pregnant. Or they're forcing guys to get a vasectomy and women to get their tubes tied. It's stupid as sh. My friend over on Discord, he sent me a a, a link saying the reasons our grandparents have lived so long is due to STDs. So we have a running thought that the government wants everybody to be immortal. And that's why they're banning contraceptives is so that everyone will start catching STDs. And if that's how you be immortal, I don't want to be immortal. Immortality is not fun. (laughs) That's why vampires are so mad. Because they have an STD. (laughs) Probably doesn't sound like a good idea. Honestly, if they start to ban contraceptives, I'm probably going to go out and uh, just buy a whole bunch of condoms and then open up an underground condom shop and just sell condoms out of my garage. (laughs) (laughs) Condoms, IUDs, birth control, you name it, I got you. So I'm sitting there hanging out with this chick before she goes into work. I drove her to work and I'm like, hey, why don't we move things a little bit faster here? And I move in for a kiss, right? Five seconds of like just like grabbing her head to try and like pull her into me. Next thing I hear is,
7: sir!
2: I look over to my right, nothing. I turn the radio down thinking it's my music. Uh uh-uh. uh. I look over to my left outside my driver's side window. Here this lady is yelling at me, sir! I turn my music down a little bit, right? I roll down my window, and I'm like, can I help you? She's like, sir, you shouldn't do that where people can see. I was like, nobody can see. I'm all the way on the other side of the Walmart parking lot from where people are parking. Literally just us here. I don't know why you're over here. She's like, my kids are watching. And I was like, oh, good. Teach them how to treat a woman. They're all little girls. And I was like, do I look like I give a I guarantee like half of those will like women. That's just how the world is today. And she's like, sir, if you do not stop that, I will call the authorities. I said, you know what? If I see you come drive by my car again, I'm just going to end up f***ing this woman in my car. She's like, you wouldn't. I was like, watch me. I look over to the girl and she's laughing her f- ass off she's she did not expect this to happen and um this lady still just going off i just go ahead turn the radio back up roll the window up as she's talking and uh i just start talking to my friend again she drives off so we're like oh ha 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 ha, funny funny right no so as she gets out of the car to go into work and do her thing and I drive off. Apparently, she drives back around to harass her a little bit. I have no idea why. And then, as I'm leaving the parking lot, I see her truck and, like, all four of them with a phone out recording. And I'm like, there's no way they know this is my car. Like, seven people in my town drive this car. Lo and behold, she follows me home. And as soon as I get on my car, she's and sitting there laughing. And then after I see that they all have their cameras out and they're laughing at me and I'm like, why are you guys laughing? She mimics that she can't hear me with her ear. So I just walk up right up to her truck and I'm like, hey, what the fuck is your issue? Is this how you're going to teach your little girls how to act when they see something they don't like? Teach them to follow people home? I literally told her, I was like, you know, that's how you get shot, right? She's like, well, you're not going to shoot me. I was like, no, because I'm not insane but do you not know what world we live in these days there was no idea you could have known that i wouldn't have shot you shot you and all sorts of stupid shit and like blew up your car shit. like people do some crazy shit when people drive up to their houses or follow them home very paranoid world we live in she's like well i just wanted to get your license plate in your house information so i could put it on facebook i was like go ahead put it on Facebook. I don't give a shit, but do it like after I get in my car. Be more sneaky about it. I knew you were following me home because you were on my ass the whole time. Just insane how crazy people get. Guys, if anyone listening to this podcast is a Karen like that, if you're going to follow somebody or if you're going to do your Karen thing, I'm not outing you. I'm not telling you to change your ways. If that's what you like to do, go for it. Don't follow somebody home when they know that you're following them home. Don't get hurt. Or do get hurt. Honestly, I don't give a But I hope that you guys stay safe. But I'm just some dude on the internet, so you don't have to listen to me. Yeah, that's insane. Like, I get the whole yelling at me in the parking lot, blah, 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 calling the cops. I don't care. I mean, that makes sense. But, like, you were crazy. Don't do that. I got one more thing I want to bitch about today. Um, that's HR 1808. Uh, I know every pro gun guy here in all of the world is like, oh, no, HR 1808, it ain't going to pass. It f- looks like it will. See, I'm not like that kind of pro gun guy, but I like my gun. I keep it. I use it to keep me safe when I'm driving, when I'm traveling, because I travel four, five, six hours away from home for work so i like to have my firearm on me and with this whole hr1808 thing it's going to ban pretty much every firearm assault rifle pistol anything that you have you can push a button and the magazine falls falls out like what that's like 95% of firearms that is insane like even my small little Taurus G2C it holds like 10 rounds 11 with one in the chamber it takes a a freaking detachable ammo feeding mechanism is what they called it in hr 1808 Uh, like we're gonna have to go to back to the wild west type shit Everybody carrying out revolvers, carbines, and shotguns. Stuff where the ammo fits inside the, the firearm. Like, that's going to stop anybody. I can go on YouTube right now and find at least five videos of how to make my own gun. Like, anyone who's trying to do something stupid with guns is going to care about HR 1808. You're just taking safety out of everybody else's hands. Like, I know some of you guys don't use guns. I know some of you guys don't give a shit. Me and my family, I pretty much grew up on a gun range ever since I was old enough to hold one in my hands. My dad, my mom, they always took us out there. They taught us the three rules of gun safety. Know what's behind your target. Don't point your firearm at something you don't want to shoot. Stuff like that. These things have been in my life and been protecting me, my family, and my home for God knows how long. But now they want to make it to where we can't even have these types of things. They want to make it to where, oh, you're limited to six shots now, or you're limited to four shots now, Shit like that. And that's not going to be beneficial to anybody because you know what? Criminals are still going to get these types of guns, the AR-15s, the pistols with the detachable magazines, anything. They're going to get whatever the they want, just like they have been since the beginning of goddamn time. You want to know why? Because they're doing it illegally, they don't give a shit about a law. People overdose on meth and heroin and crystal meth and shit like that. I don't know shit about drugs. But uh people overdose on that shit every day. Like they give a shit about your laws. Only people who give a shit about laws are the law-abiding citizens. The people who are going to get fucked over for this. Nah, I guess that's it for me today. That's the end of my... I'll see you guys next month. I hope you all know that I'm proud of you. And Chase, I like your haircut. Looks good on you. Thank you.
4: Lovely people, it is me, Luna Wilson, and welcome back to the Wine and Shine podcast. I missed an episode and I feel terrible about it, and the reason for it is because I was out of a computer, but I find it funny how nowadays we live in such digital technology times where you can practically do anything anywhere. So while I was out of a computer, I figured that I can record on my phone, which is what I'm doing right now because I just had a topic pop into my head that I really would love to talk about. And in this podcast, I want to talk about how you can achieve your dreams because this is something that's been on my mind for quite a while now and I feel like I just want to put it out in the open, and maybe whoever listens to this, it can probably help you too, or give you the push to go out and follow your dreams. So, my story dates back all the way to when I was. 10 years old. For some strange reason, I had a very interest in acting and performing and I knew that's what I wanted to do. And also when I was 10 years old, cool fact, I also met Gabrielle Union, which she is so super nice. I, I, I even got a picture with her and everything. I attended her wedding, her first marriage. It was so wonderful. And how we met her is that my friends are mutual friends of her parents if that makes any sense and it's really cool to find out stuff like that but I knew that in that moment that I felt like I was destined for an acting career. So lately I've been pursuing that heavily and sometimes you just don't know where to start in order to you know get a jump start on your dreams. But I'm here to remind you that since we all live in the digital age and we have practically everything at our fingertips, we have smartphones, we have smartwatches, and everything like that, so if you are struggling to follow your dreams and You know, you don't know how to get from point A to point B. I strongly encourage you to utilize your sources. Like for me to become an actor, I have to Google more about the industry and more about what it's like to be an actor. And let me tell you, it's not easy work. It's a very competitive world. But don't get discouraged. I mean, I can't say don't get discouraged because we're always going to get discouraged. Like I am currently in a phase where i do feel discouraged because i'm like i'm way in over my head i'm crazy for wanting to do this and i'm crazy for wanting to do that but then i remember that the actors that have made it in hollywood have probably been not have probably been definitely have been where i am right now where they doubt themselves and they feel discouraged it doesn't even matter if you want to be an actor it can be Anything, whatever it is that you want to be. I just want to remind you guys all that no dream is too silly and it's never too late to pursue a new dream. If it's your passion, go for it because I feel like if you don't go for it, you will definitely regret it. And for me, this is something that I really want to do and I'm doing it on top of studying to go into nursing school and everything like that and trust me, things get rather overwhelming sometimes and I'm like, well, I can't do everything. (laughs) But then again, is that really possible or is that just like a very bad, limiting belief? I feel like we can do anything that we put our minds to. Which brings me to my next point, that if you sit down and apply yourself to things, then you will get good results trust me because effort will never fail you effort 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 is everything go the extra mile put in the effort put in the work and the universe god or whatever it is that you believe in will meet you halfway and we will be halfway to whatever you want to get to Sorry, I'm taking a sip of wine. Yes, I literally sit here and drink wine while I record this podcast because it is called Wine and Shine. Sometimes I wonder with the acting industry if there is a difference between men and women. Like, do men get more opportunities than women? I'm not really sure. I need to do some more uh, research in order to find that out because I am quite curious myself. To see how that happens but i do have some more topics that i want to talk about concerning men and women and dating but for right now i'm just gonna keep it light short and sweet and talk about achieving your dreams because i feel called right now to just put out a message that hopefully inspires somebody and i could use inspiration as well it's like Inspiration strikes at the most oddest of times. You can just be in bed, sleeping soundly, sleeping just so perfectly next to your significant other or by yourself or what it, whatever the case maybe is. And then all of a sudden you're like, huh, this dream is sticking with me for a reason. I'm one of those people that believes that everything happens for a reason. Before I delve any further, the wine I am sipping on at midnight is... <laughs> is called depressed. Press is spelled A-P-R-E with an accent S. I got this at Sprouts, and um, it's one of the best rosés that I've ever tried in a while. I have never really been that big of a fan of rosé because I like my wines to taste sweet. But anyways, back to what I was saying. Another point that I want to make is, you know, about believing in yourself. Like that's one of the hardest things to do. It's like you can have your friend's Your family, your significant other believe in you. But when it comes down to yourself, it's really hard. And I don't know why that is. It's just a constant battle that I found or that I'm finding to be, you know, an obstacle. But we just have to get rid of those thoughts and say like, hey, I can do this. I can do this. I can do this. I can do this. And as for me, I would love to be, love, love, love to be. A voice actress, but of course I still have plenty of things that I need to work on. Like, the only accent that I can do pretty decently right now is a British accent. I used to watch those Harry Potter movies, and I think that's where it all began. Like, when I was like around the age of 10, 12, like I said, around that age. Those ages I wanted to begin acting, and when I was watching Harry Potter, I was like, can I speak with a British accent? And I did it! I kept persisting until I got it and I believed in myself and I did it. I think the reason why it sounds suckish when I do it for other people is because I'm nervous, but hopefully it sounds like a legitimate, you know, British accent and I hope so. But then again, sometimes my Texan accent comes out and it just ruins everything and I'm like, I really hate when that happens, but I really encourage all of the listeners to follow your dreams. And it's not too late to follow your dreams. You can still do it. You can still put yourself out there. You can still pursue whatever it is that you want. And I feel like we definitely owe that to ourselves. I don't think it's a selfish thing at all. I think that it's a noble thing to do to realize, you know, that, hey, I have dreams. And I think it's a lot better to do it now than to have any sort of regrets later because nobody wants that. That's just very terrible. But back to the whole digital thing and stuff like that, I feel like these days technology has definitely taken over and I think in some ways it's a good thing, in some ways it's a bad thing, but I find it good because you can easily network with people who are interested in the same field that you're trying to get to whether that's entrepreneurship getting into acting you name it i feel like it's a good place to start and you have all of the answers at your fingertip about what do i need to do next and What steps do I need to take? And I think that goal planning is an important aspect of it as well to make short term goals, long term goals, you name it. Just grab a journal and start writing and that way you can stay on your right path. I actually started another vision board because I needed one. I'm one of those people who needs like a visual in order to do something because that's basically how my brain works. And I definitely suggest making a vision board or just posting positive affirmations to where you can access it and see it every day. And and it just makes it easier because You can change it over time and align it to whatever your current dreams are right now. And I think that's the beauty of it. But really, I just say, find your inspirations, find your muses, find whatever it is that makes you feel like, hey, I can achieve this dream. But it all starts with us. It all starts with believing in ourselves. So I think right now I need to take a moment, take a deep breath and say, that i believe in myself as a voice actor there are many things that i want to do and i want all of the big roles now i want all of the big paying roles right now my number one dream is to work with capcom I've always been a fan of their games, more specifically the Resident Evil games, and I would just love to be a part of that. But in order to get there, I need to gain some experience. And I prefer to get there the hard way because that's just how I'm going to appreciate it more. And speaking of appreciation, I think that it's important to embrace where you are right now in your journey and go with the flow and continue to work hard and continue to chase that dream and remember that it's not ridiculous. It's not ridiculous at all. I remember auditioning to get on this podcast and I was like, yeah, nobody's going to hire me. Nobody's going to take a chance on me. And to my surprise, somebody did. And I am forever grateful to be a part of this. And I am hopefully getting the hang of it and creating and having interesting topics that we can talk about. I'm the kind of person who's very comfortable with being vulnerable. I think that a lot of people think being vulnerable makes them seem weak but it really doesn't. It just makes me feel good. But, you know, everybody's different and everybody has a different jam, a different mojo that they go by. But I definitely think that vulnerability is a good thing, in a way. But those are just my thoughts. Circling back to the whole technology thing, there's just so many things you can do these days that it just makes my mouth drop because I'm like wow, we have all of these sources and places we can go to. So urging you guys to definitely find your niche and go out there and do what you love to do. It's like there's so many, like, for example, influencers on all social media platforms. And to be honest with you, being an influencer looks like it would be a lot of fun. But I don't think it would be something for me But I'm not going to limit myself and say I could never do that. But you never know what you would be good at unless you dabble in it. That's, I guess, my motto for the night. You know, you just never know until you try. That's pretty much all i have to say on that topic but i think i might be submitting another episode so i hope you guys enjoyed this and found some inspiration it is literally i can't talk literally like almost 1am i would love to make this episode a little bit longer but unfortunately i don't want to wake anyone up but thank you guys so much for listening to this episode of The Wine and Shine. And I hope you guys enjoyed. And I will see you guys in the next one. Bye, guys. Take care.
3: Hello and welcome back to Across the Circus. I'm your host, Alex Hopper. If you're a first-time listener, Across the Circus is a show where we like to take a look at the news from abroad and here at home with the most unbiased look possible while also giving you the information you need. Our first story from abroad this month comes out of Finland, where they are considering to no longer allow Russian citizens to have visas within the country. This is in response to Russia's actions in Ukraine. The NATO country shares 830 miles of borders with Russia and is trying to take action to discourage its actions in Ukraine. Moscow's response has been said to be very negative. Our next story from abroad comes out of the Netherlands where Dutch farmers have been protesting the emissions cuts coming against their industry. The farmers have been forming blockades, setting hail bales on fire and making sure that no one is able to access roads or supermarkets. This is in response to the government trying to set emissions limitations on the industry and trying to meet with the European Global Warming Census. The farmers argue that it is their industry, their livelihood and their job that keeps the country going so they're trying to make sure they're able to keep on doing it. While more damage has been caused against infrastructure the farmers will not allow anyone to clean up the area and claim to not move until something is done about the referendum. And now for some news back here at home. Our first story from here at home comes out of Kentucky, where at least 16 have died in the quote-unquote epic flooding that has been attacking the state. There has been torrential downpour that continues and has taken at least 16 lives throughout the state. It has washed out rivers, roads, and all sorts of other places, causing the governor to activate the National Guard. Governor Andy Bashar said, this isn't over. While we're doing search and rescue, there are still real dangers out there, unquote. Our next story here at home comes out of D.C., where the House of Representatives have passed an assault weapons ban. The legislation passed the floor at 217 to 213, but it is not expected to pass the Senate. Our next story is about the Biden administration deciding to finish a part of the wall on the southern border in Yuma, Arizona. The action comes after Governor of Texas Greg Abbott's continuation of the busing of immigrants to D.C., as well as other parts of the eastern seaboard to demonstrate that it is affecting the entire country and not just those on the southern border. While running for president and during early office, Biden claimed that the wall was always a pipe dream and a dumb idea, but now he is committing to finishing the gaps in it in Yuma, Arizona. Our last story this month comes out of New York where GOP governor candidate Lee Zeldin was attacked on stage by an attempted stabber during a rap- Luckily, Zeldin was able to grab the attacker's wrist and take him down before he was able to do any damage to him. We won't name the attacker for the attention, but he was arrested and taken away to jail and charged for assault with a deadly weapon. Zeldin continues his campaign unfazed by the attack. Well, that has been this month's edition of Across the Circus. I've been your host, Alex Hopper. I look forward to seeing you next month. Stay safe, stay informed, and remember to turn off the gas stove before you go to bed.
1: Sammy SAWMY, the host of the Boombox, where we talk about music and their stories. Deep inhale... And out. Ah, the fresh and revitalizing smell of... Blood? Smells like it's coming from under that table. God, I knew I should have skipped this party. Hajime, we have another situation. Welcome to the wild and unpredictable world of Danganronpa where children murder each other to escape a school that's locked them in with a killer teddy bear. You heard that right. Well, okay, I stretched it a little. They're teenagers, borderline adults. But that doesn't change the nerve-wracking story that follows. In this three-part Dengarumpa talk, today I'll be talking about game number one. Trigger Happy Havoc. In this game, the protagonist, Makoto Nayegi, faces his horrible luck after being selected to be part of Hope's Peak Academy. In the Academy... Students are forced to kill each other. But that's not all. When someone is killed, the students must investigate to find who done it. This is where the music of Trigger Happy Havoc really picks up. At the start of the game, it's all calm, but when Monokuma announces what chaos will be going on The chaos begins. With that, people start dropping left and right, murder after murder, trial after trial. Music plays throughout the whole game. During a trial, which they hold after gathering enough evidence about the murder, intense, solemn music plays. Someone suddenly disagrees with your claim or alibi? New music track. Someone starts debating on something? Multiple music tracks. Someone is executed for murdering someone else? More tracks! Dangarompa is filled to the absolute brim with new, exciting soundtracks and intense gameplay for all to enjoy. Uh, not all. Please don't expose your children to this. Lots of blood. This concludes part one of three parts of my Dangarompa series. I'm Sammy at the Boombox. Until next time.
3: A, horse. a cowgirl strong will and independent.
0: Have a tilt of your and for one who love the freedom of the wide open range. You with the dusty jeans, dirty boots, and rough hands. Turn off the radio. Let the tail came down. It's a Western
7: life. And for me it's all i need howdy y'all welcome back to high noon today we'll be talking about the men the myths the legends the raccoon skin cap wearing mountain men meaning any of the pioneers of the north american rocky mountain west who went to that region first as fur trappers attracted by the beavers and virgin streams trappers became the explorers of the far west the most experienced trappers were the French, who were joined by American and Spanish fur traders in the early 19th century. St. Louis was an important base for them for trading groups and trading caravans. Mingling extensively with the Indians, the mountain men adopted many of their manners of life and their beliefs, as well as their love and adornment for their summer rendezvous, especially at Green River in present-day Wyoming, in an institution of the mountain Mountain men combining trade with recreation as permanent settlers arrived. Many mountain men served as scouts and guides, but their way of life was gradually eliminated by advancing civilization. Well that was the mountain men. We'll talk about their gear after the break. Hey you, do you not like to touch dirt? Well come down to dirt dudges. We'll touch dirt for you. Woohoo! Ain't that right, Clitus? That's right, Bobby. Dirt tastes good. It's crunchy. No, Cletus. Dirt's for touching, not for eating. Sorry, Bobby. Just come down to Dirt Touchers. We'll move your dirt. Just call 1-800-DIRT-TOUCHERS.
3: Look, Bobby, I found a worm. It's wiggly. Gone darn it, Cletus. Man,
7: there's something wrong with that boy. Welcome back. Now let's talk about the gear the mountain Men would have had. The mountain men would carry a gun and ammunition, pistol or a rifle, tomahawk traps to hunt and catch beaver, a sharp skinning knife, and usually a larger Bowie style knife for protection and everyday tasks. Some sort of fire starting kit would always be carried as well. Now that we've talked about the gear, let's talk about one of the more famous mountain men. born John Coulter first answered the call of the West in 1804 when he took off on a journey to the Pacific Ocean and back as part of Lewis and Clark's famed Corps of Discovery. Two years in the wilderness was more than enough for most of the expedition's members, but as they made their way home in 1806, Coulter decided to shun civilization and strike out on a career as a fur trapper. He soon established himself as one of America's original mountain men and may have been the first white man to lay eyes on the Yellowstone National Park. A section of Wyoming Shoshone River even became known as Coulter's Hell for his descriptions of its geothermal activity. Coulter was once wanted while fighting alongside crow and flathead tribesmen. The most legendary chapter in his career came in 1809 when he was captured by a band of blackfeet while trapping near Three Forks, Montana after killing his partner, the Indian, Indians stripped Coulter's n- naked, gave him a brief head start, and then chased after him as though he was wild game. Ignoring the rocks and the cactus that were shredding his feet, Coulter supposedly outran most of the warriors before disarming his closest pursuer and killing him with his own lance. The mountain men then staggered into a fort several days later. Having tracked over 200 miles, clothed only in a blanket, he would go on to participate in more trapping missions and have even more run-ins with the Blackfeet before finally retiring to a Missouri farm in 1810. Alright, now our next mountain man is Jim Bridger. In 1822, 18-year-old Jim Bridger joined up with the Rocky Mountain Fur Company on a trapping expedition along the Missouri River. The journey marked the beginning of his 45-year career. It's him discover new routes across the frontier, survive an arrow wound to the back, marry three different Indian wives, and found a trading fort on the Oregon Trail. Bridger's travels took all the way from the Canadian border to southern Colorado. He made one of the earliest excursions to Yellowstone region and famously became the first Anglo-American to see the Great Salt Lake. Upon testing its briny waters, he incorrectly concluded that it was part of the Pacific Ocean. After the decline of the fur trade, Bridgers reinvented himself. As a trader and a wilderness guide, he helped blaze Bridgers Pass and Bridgers Trail, both of which were well-traveled by pioneers and gold seekers, and later worked as a scout for the U.S. Army health problems eventually forced old Gabe Bridgers to retire in the late 1860s. But by then, his frontier exploits and endless supply of tall tales had established him among the greatest of mountain men. One historian even labeled him a walking atlas of the West. This is where our stories end. I hope all of you have a good Ha Noon.
0: Ladies, gentlemen, and my little
3: robots, it is the last segment of this show, which means it is time for the
0: fun Wow, I haven't done a fun topic in a while. So the rest of the show is going to be for the loyal listeners who want to hear my adventures going across the country. So let's start with day one. Day one, we travel from Irvine, California to Scottsdale, Arizona. We stayed at the courtyard Salt River just off of the 101. That's actually one of the best Marriott's I've ever stayed at. But that whole day, as soon as we stopped for lunch somewhere in Arizona, it was around 115 degrees. When we got to the hotel, it was windy as hell. It felt like someone was blowing a hairdryer and my face set to the hottest temperature. What made it better was eating at Texas Roadhouse, one of my favorite places to eat steak. I'm not into those fancy steak places. I've been to them all. I mean, I've been to most of them, but I'm one of those people that love that juicy fat attached to the steak. Anyways, walking out of there with the sun all down, the temperature went down to only 110 degrees and still windy. Walking back to the van, I kept thinking of that scene from Terminator 2 where Sarah Connor turned into a skeleton in that that blast. But I enjoyed that area, though. Very nice. It kind of reminded me of the town square in Las Vegas, which is just south of the strip. The second day, we drove from Scottsdale, Arizona to Las Cruces, New Mexico. We stayed at the Spring Hill Suite just right off the 10 and next to Applebee's. The area wasn't nothing special. A little run down. Still... Hot as hell. Since the area didn't feel inviting, we just ordered Domino's and just call it a night. Oh, and I remember that day we were visiting that famous Bucky's gas station. For those of you that don't know what that is, it's a popular big ass gas station. So many people that knew that we were driving for a few days kept telling us to stop there. So someone convinced my wife to look for one. And when we got there, it was busy as hell. The food was really good. They got good barbecue, yummy snacks, ton of different beef jerkies. That was awesome. I liked that part. And the, the beaver nuggets was really good. It's a little crunchy corn nugget thing that with, with a brown sugar caramel coating, I think. The boys and I loved it. And the cashiers have you in and out. Walmart should learn a thing or two from them. Their bathrooms was amazing, too. I was impressed because of how busy they were. Better bathrooms than Disney, in my opinion. I would keep stopping there, which we did again on the way to Orlando. I would definitely have a good meal there and get some snacks from the family on the road. But I do have an unpopular opinion. Bucky's is just a glorified gas station. I think it's overrated, but people would say the same thing about Disney, so I get it. If you have never visited, I would recommend it, but don't go out of your way for one. If you see one on the way to your destination and you have time to stop, then stop and don't be turned off by the traffic going in there. People are always in and out, so you're going to definitely find parking right away. We spent more time at the traffic light than finding parking. Day three, we drove from New Mexico to Midland, Texas. Still f***ing hot as hell. It was like 104 degrees all day long. We stayed at the Spring Hill Suite right off the 191 and on uh, Catalina Drive, so many f***ing and trucks there. The last time I saw this many trucks was at the rodeo convention in Las Vegas. You should have seen their parking lot. It was a really nice area, but that made sense to me. It's right next to the refinery, so the bosses need somewhere nice to stay at. We ate at Longhorns, which is my father in law's favorite place to eat. Not crazy about Longhorns. When you compare the overall experience to Texas Roadhouse, I think Roadhouse takes the cake. Day four, we never left Texas. We stopped in downtown Dallas. We stayed at the Weston on Elm Street. Uh, had a beautiful view from our room that you could see on Instagram. It was confusing at first when we got there because it shares a building with something else. But the thing that kind of pissed me off was dinner. We exited the back and walked across the street to Wing Bucket. What can go wrong with wings and tenders? After taking everyone's order because it was over the counter, I went to order. That's when they told me the total was almost $200. I was like, son of a dog biscuit. What in the hell? Please, can anyone explain to me how this quick service chicken place is so expensive? We weren't getting anything fancy. Truffle fries, wings, tenders, sauce to go with it, and drinks. That's all. Does it give you superpowers or something? What? If you live in the area and know what I'm talking about, Just explain to me why the hell it's so expensive. I don't mind paying that kind of money for food as long as it's worth it. And I saw other people eating there and Popeyes had better looking chicken. I just left. I didn't mean to be rude to the cashier, but I just went to my family and said, we need to go. We walked down the street some more and we ended up eating at a chop house burger. They had amazing burgers and shakes and eating there with three adults and three kids. It came out to almost 70 bucks. See, that price is correct. And the theming there was unique and very nice. And the customer service was amazing. I asked the people working there what's so special about that damn chicken place. The manager was like, I've never been there, but thanks for the heads up. And the cashier thinks it was overpriced too. But I have to say that this was my second favorite Weston Hotel. It was very nice. My number one Westin Hotel is also in Texas. It's funny. And that's the one that sits on the that famous Riverwalk. We stayed there going cross country from East Coast to West Coast in 2015. Day five, we headed to Jackson, Mississippi. That part of town we were in, which was also a Weston on Court and Congress, that part of town felt like it was part of a zombie movie or a dystopian movie or something. Everything looks abandoned, but everything was still open. It is a creepy little area. I ain't gonna lie. We did not want to venture out, which was a good thing because the restaurant downstairs the was amazing and the food was way better than expected. The only thing I did not like about the hotel was, Was this creepy-ass doll I saw that when you get out of the elevator door at our floor. I had bad vibes on that floor. Even the button in the elevator for that floor was like all scratched off. It was the only one scratched off, too. It really felt like I was in a horror movie. I did not like that feeling I got from that floor. And I definitely did not like that doll. Every time I had to go down on my own for something, I did my best not to make eye contact with the damn thing. There was even one time when no one was around me that I started talking to it. I just said, please don't with us. You need me to set someone up for you. I'll do it. Just please leave my family alone. You think I'm bullshit? you i really said this out loud seeing and feeling things runs in the family i'll get into more of that in one of the halloween specials or something but then this old couple came to the elevator and i assumed that they heard me talking to myself because of their reaction to me but i didn't say anything to them i was too embarrassed i just smiled and looked forward i had a hard time falling asleep that night and the alcohol did not work when we left that morning i was extremely happy to be out of that town Day 6 we headed to Beaufort, Georgia. I was excited because I lived there for a little bit before my wife and I got married. And we even revisited the neighborhood I st- we stayed at it a little bit. Well, went to the Mall of Georgia to eat and that's it. We were kind of bummed out because we were supposed to eat at the Cheesecake Factory, which was, like I mentioned before, is my wife's favorite restaurant. The closest one to us right now is three hours away, so we will only get to eat it when traveling to Orlando or to see family down in South Florida. Well, seeing family now, we are always going to be stopping at Orlando. Instead of one big long trip, we will drive to Orlando, which is about six hours away from us, and from Orlando's to our families, it's only about three hours away. That way, we can visit city walk disney springs our favorite restaurants in disney world and through areas like international drive or something anyways when we got to the cheesecake factory at the georgia mall it was like a two-hour wait it was 7 p.m and the kids were hungry if not i would have waited i know there's some of you probably thinking that why couldn't you feed the kids from something from the mall while you waited yeah but they would be annoying as when i'm trying to enjoy my food because they're bored as. F- So we didn't go. When we did get down to South Florida, we did have Cheesecake Factory with my parents. So the rest of the night there in Georgia was more of a nostalgic event. Day seven was our final long stretch to Somerville, South Carolina. I was so happy to be done with the long distance driving. I was tired of all the Drivers, They're a bunch of damn kangaroos. We came up with that to yell at the people on the roads so that the boys don't hear us yelling obscenities. It's funny when I hear the kids uh, yelling that after seeing a guy cut us off. They're yelling like, what a kangaroo. Love it. Anyways, there are so many kangaroo drivers that I'm sure you agree that you have your share of them where you live. But when you drive cross country, it's all day, every day nothing but them all that changes is the scenery and the cars when you're coming from the west coast you start green and mountainy then it's dry grass and hills then it's desert and then more desert then it's green and hills again and then it's forest and then it's swamp the kangaroos and i'm sorry but it sounds like it's sticking with me now but the kangaroos in cali drive mercedes and teslas arizona and new mexico they mostly drive fords of all kinds texas the kangaroos there drive big ass trucks and here, I see a lot of big SUVs and Jeeps driven by the kangaroo drivers. So now, here we are, South Carolina. We are currently living within the Naval Weapons Base in Goose Creek. Uh, the house is nice. Old military field, but nice. But everything outside of the base is okay. Goose Creek is okay. We're not too crazy about it, but what we do love is Somerville. Before we moved, we decided to buy a house in South Carolina. God was with us because we ended up being able to purchase a newly constructed house. The community we'll be living at is in the Cane Bay Plantation community, and right now there is a lot of construction there. We were able to get in at the right time because now the way things are, we couldn't do it. We wouldn't be able to do it right now. The prices of these homes are ridiculous now. Everyone we've talked to in the area, including our builders and our realtor and the sellers, they keep saying that we came in at the right time. We even said and then locked in the rate a few months back because we did not know what the government is going to do or what the market is going to look like. We didn't want to gamble with that because we wouldn't be able to afford the mortgage. So anyways, we are expected to close on the house around early December. Last week is when they completed the foundation of the house. So every Sunday, when there isn't any construction stuff going on, we drive to see the progress. It is really cool to see and experience. The reason why it was affordable at the time is because for the next five plus years, there's going to be a lot of construction all around us. But that doesn't bother me because after experiencing different cities and stuff like that throughout my life, I know what's coming. Across from the Cane Bay community is their competition, the Next in community. They are also going through crazy construction. They are focusing more on the higher end of things like for the home and a lot of commercial space for them. It's all about the commercial space and retail space. All I see around us are acres and acres and acres acres of land that is ready to be leased that's all you see here it's just signs and signs that say they're ready to be leased here's the stuff here's the number and people we keep hearing from the realtor people keep pouring in and buying homes in those two communities since we've bought ours There are a few rich people homes near there, and I know that these rich bastards don't want to keep driving all the way to Mount Pleasant for something nice. They just recently opened up an area called Nexton Square, and I know that they want more of that. And guess what? We will benefit from that. My wife already got her favorite restaurant there being built, Chick-fil-A, just outside of the Cane Bay community, still in construction. From the looks of it, it looks like it's going to be open when we move to the area in December. I have a feeling that she is going to get her Cheesecake Factory in the nexton area. I feel it. When you see it, you'll know. Next End and Cane Bay are master plan communities within Somerville, and I am super excited. That's why competition is good. Consumers benefit from that competition. We did visit Charleston a few times since it's close to us. It's just 30 minutes away. It's pretty. I like it. Old, but pretty. We did the popular horse tour thing, which I recommend if you're into... History. While you wait with your family to do the horse stuff, you can walk around the area and also visit the farmer's market thing that they have there. It was fun. But every Sunday after we see the progress of the house, we explore just a little bit more around Somerville and around other areas throughout the Charleston area. So far, my two favorite discoveries here was coffee and fish and chips. So the coffee we tried at uh, Pugin's Porch in Charleston. Very good breakfast there. Loved the atmosphere. We even went to the one called Pugin's Kitchen. Same food, just different vibe there at the Nexon Square uh, recently. We told the waiter we love the coffee. I'm not a coffee person, but it's one of the best coffees I've ever had. He said it was King Bean Coffee and that... It was a local. So my wife and I went on a mission to find that coffee. No one had it. At least the stores we were looking at. Then we found their small little distribution center in North Charleston called King Bean Coffee Roasters. We got there and there was a little small little entrance for walk-ins. I told the wonderful, nice lady working there that we tried the coffee for the first time at the Pugans. And dad, is it possible to have that same blend. She was very helpful. She said that she had to look it up in the system because many restaurants had their own blend. I was like, wow. Luckily, Pugans did not have a special blend. They used Sullivan's blend. That's what it's called, which they had on hand. We bought a couple of bags and left. And what's awesome about this is that King Bean, you go to their website, you're able to buy it online. They could ship it out to you. Actually, I'll leave a link to the description down below. Now we could have that awesomeness at home. The other find was at the Nexon Square. This place was called Codfather. Cod, like the fish. One of the best fish and chips I've ever had in my life. I was the only one eating it because it was just after I went to the barber, which is right next to it. And I'm looking forward to going back with my family. Actually, I'm looking forward to trying more food at the Nexon Square. Between Somerville, Charleston, and Mount Pleasant, we love it here. We did drive down to see family in July, and that was a fun trip. I was happy to be in Orlando in under six hours. Felt great. Orlando was like my second home when being raised in South Florida. Y'all know Disney is my sh**, and being in that area was so much fun. So that was my cross country adventure. I wish I had more exciting stories about being on the road, but it's just driving and thankfully nothing serious happened. I have to say that my favorite state to drive through was anywhere that was not desert, even though the night we spent in Arizona was my favorite stop of the week. Thank you for listening to this episode. If you like what you've been hearing on the podcast, we invite you to submit a rating on whatever you're listening to this episode on. If the app you're listening to this on doesn't have a rating system, then leave a rating on iTunes. This helps the podcast so very much. Besides word of mouth, it is another way to potentially attract new listeners. The higher the rating, the more likely people will give the podcast a chance. So please make sure to rate us everywhere you listen to Out of Place. Please also show some love to all of our wonderful hosts. If you want to contact them, all you have to do is click their links. To our lawyer listeners who made it to the end, we love you. We appreciate you, goodbye, and always remember to smile.